Good morning, folks. We will try this again to see how we are doing. Um, I'm sure you can hear me now. Can you hear me now? Uh, we are getting ready for our five-minute sermon, and as usual, I was having microphone problems, so I pray that you can hear me this time. I'm sure you can. This is the way I usually do it, just trying to go back to my old microphone. Good morning, Sheila Kelly again, Janine Caffey, Evelyn Little. Good. Yeah, this is crazy, this microphone situation. Hey, Sheila. Barbara Harwell Jean, good to see you. Tammy C. Gillespie, Debbie Parrish Lenicki. Think I've seen you somewhere recently, Debbie. We'll get kicked off. I really feel like the Lord has given me a good message today. Don Hegg again. Good morning. Uh good, good. Everybody can hear me now. Sister Haney. Barbara Harwell Jean, good to see you. Tammy, good morning. Uh, lost several people a while ago. I had to close out my broadcast because my elaborate, wonderful microphone system is not working. And um, so anyway, hey, Vicki Sedilio, good to see you. John Johnson, Bro Millsap, glad you came back, Bro Mill. I had to dump everybody for a minute and reload and get the get a microphone on that would work. Um, yeah, Debbie, we had such a great time, folks, in church Sunday. We had an entire pew filled up with our five minuters and our prayer ambassadors and it was so exciting pastor mike chance preached a wonderful sermon and we all just cried and prayed and enjoyed the presence of god together and we want more of you to go um this coming week others have said they want to go we're going to be there sunday and so hopefully others can join us as well as the ones that went uh yesterday i know everybody said they were very blessed so thank you, Five Minuters and Prayer Ambassadors for going to church and making my day. Amen. Really was a blessing. You made me nervous, though, when I had to sing. <laughs> I mean, I was sweating bullets. Uh, but anyway, love you all, and, and uh, we're just excited about how God is working in people's lives. Uh, it's just been wonderful, wonderful. Stanley Smith was there, and Fran Kubiak, and... John Johnson and Debbie Parrish-Lidnicki and my sister Sharon Walker and her granddaughter Tinsley and let's see if I left anybody out. No, I think that's it, but we were so proud to show everybody off and show our pastor off and so uh, there's Sharon Kathy Walker. I know she had a good time. Robert Womack, good to see you. I hope you can make it to church Sunday with us. We'd love to have you and Don Hegg and others that didn't get to make it. Tammy and Haley and uh, Deanna Kirkland uh, indicated she wanted to go. Barbara, thank you. She said, I loved your song. It's a beautiful song written by Ken Holloway. And uh, he gave me the rights to put it on my album. I put, I put a lot of his stuff on my album. He sings country and western now. So he said, Sonny, if you're singing my gospel stuff, he said, you can have it and don't pay any rights on it. Just be blessed with it because I want my music going out there. He's in the Christian Country Singer Hall of Fame, and he gave me rights to all of his music to uh, record and not even pay any royalties. So that that one is on my album, I believe. And um, anyway, uh, I'll get into the word of the Lord here. It's 8.04. I'm starting a little late, so i got to hurry up here. But uh, the title of my message is, and I'm not using good, I'm butchering the Queen's English because the title of the message is, as you can see, who is the wise one, the questioner or the answerer? 
<laughs> I know those are not words, but uh, but anyway, uh, John said my song made him tear up. John, I'm glad I, I uh, I'm glad that it touched you. Amen. In the in the spirit of the Lord, that's that's a song that does often touch people. But anyway, in Second Chronicles the ninth the ninth chapter verse one through eight, the Bible says, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove. Solomon with hard questions. Listen, that's my message today. The queen of Sheba, when she heard of the wisdom of Solomon, came to prove him with hard questions at Jerusalem. And it goes on to say that with a very great company and camels and spices and all she came, and I'm going to skip some of this. Uh, and, you know, when she began to a- answer, he when he began to answer her questions, uh, she fainted because she said, I have not, the way you treat your servants, the beauty of the land, uh, the greatness of your kingdom and, and all, and the, your wisdom, she said, it blows me away. And she, the Bible says that her spirit left her. She fainted. She fell out at the wisdom of Solomon. But I, listen, folks, my message today that the Lord gave me, uh, that I've never really thought of before is where it says that she came to Solomon and asked him hard questions. So my my sermon title today is who was the wisest, the questioner or the answerer? You understand what I'm saying? You think about the wisdom of Solomon and we are amazed that even yesterday our pastor referenced him as the wisest man in the world. Uh, I know that's true, but I also know that Jesus walked this earth and they don't get any wiser than him. Amen. But Solomon as a human being, not God manifest in the flesh, but Solomon as a human being uh, that did not have the Holy Ghost as his heavenly father because Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and conceived of the Holy Ghost, but Solomon was born of David and Bathsheba. And so outside of Jesus Christ, Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived on this earth. Amen. And so listen to this. In the advent of social media, people are always trying to impart some clever statement. You, you see it all the time. People think they're so brilliant and they make some statement and you're like, huh? I mean, do you think that was smart? And me too, folks. I have written things on there and I've gone back and read them and I'd go, you were trying to be a smart aleck. You were trying, not in a, in a bad sense, but you were trying to be wise and sound wise. And look what you wrote, you big dummy. <laughs> Amen. And I'm sure that you have looked at my post and thought the same thing. Uh, but anyway, so we think we make such clever statements uh, and you just have to laugh and say, uh, they're not as clever as they think they are. And like I said, me included. But something I never thought of until today was how wise does the questioner have to be to come up with profound questions to ask the wisest man in the world? And the Bible said that Solomon answered all of her questions. So he didn't look at Queen of Sheba and say, you big dummy, what kind of question is that? I'm not going to answer that. That's just stupidity. No. So evidently the questioner was as wise as the answerer because questions are harder to come up with. I mean, when I'm going to preach a conference or something, I always ask them, do you have a theme? Is there some theme? We're going to be preaching a conference here in Waco. Brother Millsap, by the way, if you can make it, on April 12th, I believe it is. Uh, It's a Friday and Saturday, April 12th and 13th or whatever the dates are there on that Friday and Saturday. 
Uh, it'll be me and Adrian Littlefield and, and uh, uh, Orville Shindall will be preaching a conference here. And I asked Steve Barley, who is over the conference, I said, what is the theme? Do you have a theme? And he said, let me think about it. And if you think of something, let me know. Well, he came back with a theme, amen, about being led by the Spirit. Well, see, I've already got, I'm praying and seeking the Lord, and God's going to give me something along those lines. But it's much easier, amen, to to have a theme and, and a lot of times the Lord will usurp that theme and he'll just give us something that has nothing to do with the theme, but it's from him. And we're open to that as ministers. But if I can go with the theme, I will do that. If the Holy Ghost gives me something with the theme. But you understand what I'm saying? It's easy to come up with a message, Brother Millsap, once you've been given the theme. But you had to ask the question, what is the theme? And then the answerer came back and said, being led by the Spirit. Uh, so what I'm saying is today is sometimes... You know, getting the getting the thought is the hardest thing. You've heard a writer's block, writer's block. An author, when they get writer's block, they just absolutely can't come up with anything. And so uh, I'm saying, who's the wisest? The one that's giving the answers or the one that's asking the questions? You know what I'm saying here. So someone, listen to this. Someone said one time, and I tried to Google it and find out who it was, but someone said one time, don't ruin a beautiful question with an answer. Amen. It's such a beautiful question. Please don't give me an answer because the question was profound. And that's what I'm talking about today. Organizations, listen to this. David Cooper Ryder, who is a PhD and a professor of social entrepreneurship at Western Reserve University, said organizations gravitate more questions than I am. And that that, that applies to country, communities, families, and individuals. We all, listen, here's a profound statement. We all live in the world that our questions create. Let that sink in for a minute. We all live in a world that our questions create. You ask questions, you're going to get answers, you're going to act on those answers, and you're going to create a world, amen, around you. Wow. We all live in a world that have that our questions create. That is a profound statement. We are amazed at Solomon, but when but we have when have we ever considered the profound wisdom that qu- the Queen of Sheba must have asked him profound questions? Like I said, or he would have said, "I'm not answering that. That's just a stupid question." Listen, the scripture says in, in, in verse 1, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem. If And like I said, if you give me a subject, it's easy after that because I can research and pray and God uh, puts seeds of thoughts in my mind. But coming up with the with the thought is the problem. So let's look at the greatest question that was ever asked before I close today. I'm not going to close within the next couple of minutes, but... Uh, but in Acts 2.37, uh, the Bible says, Now when they heard this, when Peter preached to them, you crucified Jesus, he's the Savior of the world. And when he preached this, the Bible says in Acts 2.37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So they asked the most profound question 
in the universe when they said, I'm, I'm totally convicted of my sins after hearing the preaching of the man of God. And so what shall we do? Think about that. Who's wiser, the questioner or the answerer? If you had sense enough to feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost and to hear the words of preaching and say, my heart is touched, what shall I do to be saved? That's what they were asking. And then uh, Peter comes back and says, you want to know what to do? It's been convoluted over the years. That's why we have thousands of organizations and religions, hundreds of religions and and many gods and everything else, or, or many sects in Christianity, uh, S-E-C-T-S, sects, in, in my Texas language is making me sound like I'm getting uh, saying sex here, but I'm saying sex. <laughs> but anyway, listen to this. So he, uh, all these religions come out of, well, we can do this better, or we've got another thought that came to us, so we're going to form our own group. And, uh, and so the Baptists, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, the Catholics, and branches of Pentecostalism, and yeah, everybody you can name, Church of Christ, everybody. There are so many brands of Church of Christ and Pentecostals and Missionary Baptists and Southern Baptists and Independent Baptists and, and uh, United Methodists and I guess Ununited Methodists. Amen. But uh, you have all these things that come along uh, because somebody, uh, somebody tr- thought that they could do it different. So we don't want to convolute the answer that Peter gave. They said, what do we do to get saved? He didn't say anything else other than repent. That means to turn around to do an about face from the life you're living and to ask God to forgive you for the sins of in your life and and to so he says to repent and be baptized we're going to be having a baptism soon and we're going to baptize several people from our 5 minute sermons and intercessors unlimited but he says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost i'm not going to argue with you it's Acts 2.38, and it's backed up in other parts of the Bible. I'm not here to argue today. I'm simply here to read the Bible to you. And if you can argue with that, that's your problem. But the, that's what the Bible says. When Peter said, answer them, when they said, what must we do to be saved? That's what they're saying. Peter said, amen, repent, simple, turn around, do an about face, live for Jesus, uh, repent and be baptized, plunged under, immersed, baptizoed, plunged under the water, not sprinkled, not anything else, but plunged under in the name of Jesus because you're taking on his name. You are becoming the bride of Christ. And when a bride marries a husband, she takes on his name. Amen. And when and you're being circumcised according to Colossians when you get baptized. It's, it's, a, it's the New Testament circumcision. Amen. And so when you're when you're being circumcised, every Jew on the eighth day when they were circumcised in the Old Testament, that's when they got their name was when they were circumcised. So if baptism is New Testament circumcision and it's also marriage to Jesus Christ, then that means you're taking on his name, not his titles, but his name, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But his name, Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so it was a simple answer to a simple question, but religion has watered it down to, literally, watered it down to sprinkling instead of immersion, and, and, and added titles to it instead of taking on the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Matthew was standing there from Matthew 28, 19, going to all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, because the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Amen. It's There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The fullness of the Godhead bodily was in Jesus. Amen. He, there's one God. You're going to see one throne, uh, many thrones, but one throne that God is sitting on in heaven, and that's the one that Jesus is sitting on. Uh, and there will be other thrones that the, the you know all of the other ranks of people will be sitting on. But bottom line is what I'm saying is here. The question was, what must we do? The answer came back, Acts two thirty eight. And so, who was wiser, the questioner or the answerer? I contend with you today, or not contend with you today, but I I, I declare to you today that I think the 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 one that asked the question was as wise as the one that was giving it. Amen. They they had sense enough to say, when it's dealing with my soul and eternity, I got to ask this question, what must I do to be saved? And they got into the water and they were baptized and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, uh, and, and 3,000 were added to the church. And then later, you know, many, many, many more all the way through Acts chapter 19 and, and just everywhere in the Bible, Acts 8, uh, uh, just everywhere people were filled with the Holy Ghost. And even to this day, we are filled with the Holy Ghost. So if you want to live in the world of eternal life and salvation and the joy of the Lord being your strength, then you must ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Amen. Amen. I am here to answer that question today. And I am here saying that you are the wisest person by asking the question. So please ask that question today. And and I've already answered it. Sonny Kathy, what do I do to be saved? Well, let me tell you what they did on the first day of the church. <laughs> Acts the second, the church didn't begin in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was the history of Jesus. Amen. Him walking this earth and the genealogies and everything else. But the church began on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, the second chapter. That's when the church began. So we need to go back to the book of Acts, not Matthew. Mark. Now we love Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. We, we, we're not getting rid of one, one period, one comma, one anything in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Acts is where you got to go to find out what it takes to be saved. Amen. And then Romans and the rest of those are how to live after you get saved. And, and so, uh, folks, I'm telling you, this is exciting today. We got to get these baptisms done, John. We cannot put this off, man, because it's critical to our soul. We got to repent. We've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus by immersion, and we've got to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not optional. It's required today. The Bible says in one verse of Scripture that he commanded them to be baptized. I think it was Peter. He commanded them to be baptized. Amen. It was a commandment. It wasn't an option. Amen. So we want to do what the Bible says. We don't want to fight about it. We don't want to argue about it. We don't want to have to say, uh, you know, no, that's not the way it is. We go to the scripture, and if I ever get out of the Bible, then folks, you can say, I don't want to hear this anymore. But as long as I'm quoting scripture to you and telling you that Acts, the second chapter, the 38th verse, is where you get saved at, and then the Romans and 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, uh, 2 John, 3 John, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. All the other books are basically teaching leaders how to lead and how to live for God once you get saved. But to get saved, you got to go to the book of Acts. Amen. And it's still that way today. We can't water it down. We can't try to, 
uh, tickle your ears. We can't do any of that. But we got to we got to be saved. We can't we can't take a chance on that. You don't want to gamble with your soul today. It's critical that you get saved today according to the Word of God. Not This is not arrogance on my part, uh, preaching my opinion to you. I quoted Scripture to you, and you cannot argue with Scripture, and I don't think any of you want to. Amen. I believe that after all these eight months of preaching to you, all I see is sincere, wonderful, seeking people that want all of God. All of God. Sunday in church, we cried. John, our whole row was crying and raising our hands and clapping and praising God because all of you guys and girls are sincere about walking with God. Amen. We are not arguing this point. We are receiving this in Jesus' name. And so let's get this all done. If you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus, if you first, if you've not repented of your sins, number one, if you've not asked the question, what must I do to be saved, then you got to do that. you got to do the rest of it. Amen. And so listen, I love you folks. I want to pray for you right now. And uh, tonight at 8 p.m., we're going to do our Intercessors Unlimited prayer meeting, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., Sunny Kathy's Five-Minute Sermons. Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Central Time in the United States. And I noticed Marvin Sanguinetti, a great scholar and teacher and a very brilliant man, is on right now from London, England. Love Marvin Sanguinetti. He's a great teacher and an advocate of education among us uh, to learn all we can learn of God. And I'm with him on that. Uh, We go back and forth sometimes on the Internet, but believe me, Pastor Sanguinetti, I am with you on the fact that we need to educate ourselves and let God illuminate our minds, but we also have to crack a book and look into that book. And then while we're reading that book and studying that book, saying, Holy Spirit, please lead me and guide me into all truth and do not let me be deceived. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost, folks. Do not let me be deceived. If the Mormons knock on your door first, you're going to go with the Mormons. And friend, you could not be more wrong. I'm sorry, but you could not be more wrong. If the Jehovah's Witnesses knock on your door, uh, it, it's sad. But folks, we're gonna, you know, a lot of times we go with who gets to us first. Amen. That's why we need to be passionate about evangelism is because whoever gets to us first might be the ones that leads us astray into a false religion. If Sonny Kathy ever gives you anything outside of this Bible, don't believe me, please. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If I quit following Christ, then you quit following me. Amen. But anyway, I love you so much. And share me on your wall right now. Right now, there's 14 people still online. So if you would, please hit share. And uh, I haven't been able to end my broadcast lately. I don't know what's going on. So I just have to close out and uh, thank God it's been saving these. But anyway, I love you and I pray for you in Jesus' name. Father, bless all of our five-minuters and our inter, our prayer ambassadors. And we ask you, Lord, to just let truth penetrate our heart. Let these words have conviction today. Let anyone that has not repented or been baptized in your name in water and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, contact us, Lord. And Father, we just will get it done. We're believing you right now in the name of Jesus. Bless their families. Bless them. Keep them safe in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, folks, let's get our baptisms going. Let's set a date and let's get to the church at New Day Family Fellowship in McGregor, Texas 
and let's get our baptism going. Barbara Jean says, there's only one God. John Johnson says, I don't want to leave others behind. Amen, John. I know you're a soul winner, my friend. Praise God. And uh, time is ticking away, John says. And Tammy's amen. And then Barbara's amen. And then uh, Bruce Hines, good to see you on. Pastor Bruce Hines from the Metroplex, used to be in Waco. Janine says the dates of our conference here locally in Waco at our church, New Day Family Fellowship, where I will be preaching and two other men of God will be preaching April 12th and 13th. That's a Friday night and then Saturday morning sessions. Please come to that. Larry King, we want you to come to that. And Joey McQuirk and others. Uh, anyway, another great pastor on here, Greg Davis from Southern Indiana, preached a revival for them good friends of ours. Good to see you, Annie. Everybody, I'm calling names now. God bless you. We're going to sign off now. I've been, I've taken too much of your time. God bless. Love you all. Share me on your wall where we can save this video. It depends on you. <laughs> Praise God.